0: Hey, are you all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble falling asleep? Well, welcome to this tunnel. It's time for Sleep With Me, the podcast in a tunnel that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to do is create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's been running through your brain, whatever's been keeping you up tossing and turning. I'm going to try to distract you from that. All you need to do is kick back and listen. Unless echoes bother you. Yeah. I'm just recording this little uh, test audio here in the tunnel. I don't know if I'll really use this for a podcast opening. But yeah, there's a little echo here where I'm standing in this vault. But sometimes, like, when you lie down to get in bed, there's a little echo, you know. You, you say, okay, let me close my eyes here. I got my fan going. I got my cozy socks on. But then you hear a little echo in the back of your mind. What did you say to your mother at Christmas? 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 Why didn't you buy enough gifts? Aren't you lonely? Isn't that your... You know, it's that different things. it might be... Did you leave the oven on? Echoing. And then you, you, you toss and you turn. Or maybe it's something in your body. A pain echoing through your body. Or it could be... It could be, you know, just some... Some feeling. It could be a good feeling of excitement. Or it could be... You know, that you have to get back to work. Or you have to wake up early tomorrow or your feelings got hurt, or you're mad. Whatever it is, I'm going to try to take your mind off of that. Today, we're going to go for a little two-day walk in Golden Gate Park. For you, it'll only be a one-day walk. So I just want you to lie back and let the sounds engulf you and relax, all right? Thanks for stopping by. Usually, these intros can be a little bit longer and things, but... Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for stopping by. I really hope I can help you fall asleep. Housekeeping. We're on the web, www.sleepwithmepodcast.com. And, yes, this is a different tunnel than the uh, other one. Roofs more arched. Uh, You can find older episodes on our website. You can comment on our website. You can email me feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com. You can uh, get me on Twitter at Dearest Scooter. On Facebook. We have a Facebook group over at SleepMe com slash nods N O D S. I want to thank Alexandra and Laura. Julie C, Jennifer B. Rachel L to the GM, Lie to Lie, who are our moderators. I want to thank Latitude over at our subreddit at SleepMe com slash reddit. And that's getting some activity over there. I want to thank everybody that's participating over there. I want to thank Scotty and Jennifer on our artwork, and I want to thank Chris Bosty-Posterson from Sounds Like an Earful, who does our who does our music and edits some of the episodes. I want to thank all of you, everyone, who feel free to reach out and support me. And yet, yeah, tonight's a special episode. This will be the only echoey parts, the opening. Why? It's a little bit breezy and chilly, too. I said, well, I wonder what it would sound like in... Uh, In a tunnel. The Golden Gate Park's got these little tunnels that go under roadways. And a lot of times on uh, weekends and summer days, you'll see a lot of buskers here. But today's a little more of a wintry day. I really like the echo we're getting right now, though. I think it's the hill. There's a slight rise in this tunnel. But I want to thank all of you. And I hope this helps you fall asleep. Good night. I may be here at the Conservatory of Flowers, San Francisco. Greetings, everyone. I'm here live on location. Here, I'm going test out another on-site. I'm in a warm, warm building. Just doing a little test here. I'm not sure if I'll be able to record in here because I don't may technically not be here but it's lush the San Francisco Conservatory of Flowers beautiful warm and full of green and humidity that's the sound of water and fountain Live here on the location Standing here The chatter of the crowd And the area music the silence of plants Tall trees Vines Linanus And philodendrons Weak stemmed plants According to the sign they climb a twine or creeper called vines. Lianas are tropical vines with woody stems. They climb high in the treetops. Phylodendras are a group of climbing plants. It's from the Greek word meaning fond of trees. A little bit of beautiful green. Okay. Now I've entered a swamp, more swamp like room. With the. I don't know if stench is the right word Wonderful stench I would say Of of decay and growth at the same time And humidity So I'm standing here At the entrance to the San Francisco Conservatory of Flowers It's a beautiful winter day And the Conservatory of Flowers Is one of those lovely white buildings Glass windows I, I never like almost soaped over, I don't know if they paint them white. I never understood it I guess to keep the the sunlight filters in and then warms it, but it doesn't escape is it uh, I, don't know, I I guess I should have researched this, but I didn't know I'd be here today, but it's one of those lovely. Things you'd expect to see in uh, the grounds of a mansion or uh, a giant park, as in this case. It has a large central, I guess, tower or dome-like, more more of a, you know, center structure, and then two wings, and each wing has a uh, a small tower on it. And also, I noticed that the main tower is. Uh, also, I noticed the main towers has some colored glass highlights, and when you're inside, it plays nicely on the inside. So, here I am down the steps from the Conservatory of Flowers. And it's a perfect day to be in Golden Gate Park. Sunny. And they have this lovely lawn down the stairs from the front of. Uh, conservatory flowers. Not far away is a a little tunnel. You can hear uh, some buskers making their way. You can hear gardeners driving around. Some lovely flowers. There's off-leash dogs. And it feels like a weekend, even though it's a week between Christmas and New Year's. Flanking the stairs are uh, one, two three giant bomb trees so there's one missing maybe maybe one has fallen and then two smaller ones off of the stairway also the stairs are like the uh, old school red you know you know hard stuff granite or something and they have four nice planters there you can hear somebody's rocking a uh, a flute or a flout and they have a exhibit here right now, November 12th through April 10th, the Garden Railway from the 1915 Pan Pacific. It was nice. It was good to read the history. I always have dreamt of World's Fairs and traveling to a World's Fair. So pretty cool. I just noticed this. I don't know if I've ever seen this. This seems to be a garden clock. I'm walking towards... To the right of the stairs, within surrounded by hedges, low hedges, is a clock uh, in a flower bed. Probably only visible from space or gi- maybe for a giant to check the time. As a gift to the Fisher families in two thousand three, I don't know if that's the Donald Fisher of the Gap. Possibly, looks older than that though. There's no sign of what it uh just says, please don't enter the planet area. Thank you. I don't know what Roman Mars would say about this, since there's no plaque. Except that it's a gift. Well, enjoy the gift, I say. Don't overthink it, Scoots. And according to the clock, I think the clock is correct. It's ten till one. Though I'm at an angle. I'll take a picture of it. But I'm at an angle that, uh, you know, makes my time. You know, I couldn't be on time for anything. Okay, Alright, here I am, back at Golden Gate Park A misty day On the sidewalk No dogs allowed Here at the entrance to the Shakespeare Garden Beautiful wrought iron sign Arched Your beautiful green wrought iron Topped by the leaves painted red and yellow A little deeper than a red and maroon And almost a mustard, paved in brick, as I step in, signs say keep off, and here we are, you can hear the birds and the rain, it's almost a mist, not quite a rain here, and you can hear a few birds tweeting, this is one of these, Yeah, on the way here for the second recording, I was feeling a bit critical, uh, because I was saying, well, it's just so mundane, you're not going to the, you know, top sites at the Golden Gate Park, and, you know, what are you, you're just going to walk around the park again another day just walking the park for, and I said, well, that's the beauty of parks like this, of, of things, of doing things and going things is, uh... You know, hey, BrainBot, this might not be so mundane. Is that on your, you know, word of the day calendar that you got for uh, the holidays, BrainBot? Because I don't know, I see these uh, small trees going over this path in the Shakespeare Garden. I've never entered this garden before. I've walked by it a few times. But there's a bit of Spanish moss or lichen, which I'm liking. There's birds chirping. There's a slight cold breeze. There's brick pavers and a canopy of trees that have gone to winter. And the brick pavers are you know, somewhat new but somewhat old. There's algae and sand and dirt. And as I take a few steps down the brick pavers, I see a broken... So what once was a uh, sundial, a sundial on a pedestal that goes just above my waist. uh, But a broken sundial, cast in metal. And what is the message hidden here? Count only sunny hours. Count only sunny hours. And I probably, you know, I might need that every hour of every day I could use that reminder. And inscribed in the base of the pedestal is a gift in the name of Robert Haskell, uh, C-O-L-L-I-E-R, which I think because of Dave Coulier, I know you can pronounce Coulier, I would have said Collier. And, and maybe in the distance you can hear, but the park... Being busy, some construction going on in the distance. But here are benches, newer benches, uh, in memory of my husband Fred for the exciting and happy years we shared. For the two men I love, my husband and my son... In memory of my son and best friend. I think these all were... Oh, those three I think were purchased by one person, but this is a different one. Don't simply be good. Make good things happen. And that's from Maud to Harold. Oh, I guess this is from Harold and Maud here. Don't simply be good. Make good things happen. That was Maud to Harold... And Harold and Maud, I guess, and it's in memory of Colin H. And it's from Steve Silver, the uh, creator of Beach Blanket Babylon, another wonderful San Francisco treasure. Uh, the last bench here is in celebration of Priscilla, mother, wife, sister, poet, grandma, friend, and author. So we've already gotten... We've demundaned the mundane, and I'll remundane it with my meanders and soothing tones, but we've already learned to only count the sunny hours. And some people... Brain bot would seize on that and really pick it apart, but let's just let it hang there. And don't simply be good. Make good things happen. Again, a message open to interpretation... And the wording of both those, yeah, and brainbots could really have a field day with those. But let's not let them. Let's move on. I'm under a tree hanging. A couple trees here. I didn't even... I'm not joking. Uh, Ahab's wife recently sent me a picture of uh, Spanish moss. And now I find Spanish moss in Golden Gate Park, which I did not know was here. But here in the Shakespeare Garden. You know, I may have crossed over with Shakespeare... Just the garden one. Is there a Shakespeare? Well, yeah, it's probably in a sonnet. You know, the garden with the birds. But you say, hey, Scoots, how about you make it a little more uh, lulling? Well, this one's in loving memory. This bench here. You might even hear me walk in some crushed stone. In memory of Dorian, a picture of Dorian Gray. That was not. Is it a portrait? or a picture a picture it was a portrait I believe and we this park this little garden in this park has not only uh, you know the wrought iron wooden benches it also has a few this is a marble bench named after Alice so go ask her Alice hey I sat on your bench over in uh, Golden Gate Park Shakespeare Garden you know, my brain tried to dissuade me from going there because it was so mundane. So, here, cast into the metal are some uh, Shakespeare. And the first one, how ironic, is a word that looks like a word for, that we'd use on this show. Through the chamomile. Chamomile. The more it is trodden on, the faster it grows. Yet, youth, the more it is wasted. The sooner it wears And uh, of course I'm uh, through though the chamomile chamomile Though the chamomile the more it is trodden on the faster it grows so the chamomile is a weed as Yet the more it is wasted the sooner it wears Yet youth Okay Do doo take it again Though the chamomile, the more it is trodden on, the faster it grows. Yet youth, the more it is wasted, the sooner it wears. And that's from King Henry, the fourth, part one, two, four. The fairest flowers of the season, the sun ariseth. The sun ariseth in his majesty, who doth the world so glorious behold, that cedar tops and hills seem burnish gold and that's from Venus and Adonis The sun ariseth The sun ariseth in his majesty, who doth the world so glorious behold, that cedar tops and hills seem burnish gold. Here's a Disney-esque quote. When he was by, the birds such pleasure took that some would sing. Others in their bills would bring him mulberries and ripe red cherries. I said, how come that doesn't happen to me? And that was from Venus and Adonis. The food that to him now is as luscious as locusts shall be to him shortly. As bitter as cola quintida. Luscious as a locust. There with fantastic garlands did she come of crow flowers, nettles, daisies, and long purples. That's from Hamlet. And the luscious as a locust was from Othello. When daisies pied and violets blue and lady smocks all silver white and cuckoo birds of yellow hue do paint the meadows with delight. That's from love's labor lost, just like I've lost my voice. All other gifts pertinent to man as the malice of this age shapes them are not worth worth a gooseberry. With fairest flowers I'll sweeten thy sad grave. <laughs> that's not very depressing. With fairest flowers I'll sweeten thy sad grave. Thou shalt not lack the flower that's like thy face, pale primrose, nor azure the harebell, like thy veins. It's from Cymbeline. Now I would give a thousand furlongs of sea for an acre of barren ground. Long heath, brown, fougier, anything. Fursier. What hempen homespuns have we swaggering here, So near the cradle of the fairy queen? Hi-ho, sing hi-ho, to the green holly. Most friendship is feigning, most love mere folly. Then hi-ho, the holly, this life is most jolly. Our bodies are our gardens to which our wills are gardeners, so that if we'll plant so that if we plant uh, our bodies are our gardens, to which our wills are gardeners, so that if we will plant nettles or so let us set uh, too, so many more uh Sonnets and quotations from Shakespeare to discover here in the Shakespeare Garden. And you can probably hear in the distance the call of children playing in the park and trucks uh, parking when there are air brakes call of birds. Oh, a bird. Oh, a robin is staring right at me right now. Oh, a robin is staring right at me. ...sitting in the... ...stark winter branches... ...its chest looks puffed... ...and is speaking... ...it is turned its head to spy me... ...and I approach... ...hark Robin... ...I approach thee... ...with cautious steps... ...your breast is lovely... ...if you don't mind me saying so... ...in this context... Dear Robin And Robin spoke back When it spoke back it's, its top of its chest puffs out I'm just close enough to see that It's saying something to me Merp Meep Oh and then it said squeak Yes Robin I do not understand Is it wisdom or mere song It left So I guess I got that wrong Your sonnets do not soothe me poet I fly away grey uh, graybird's here in the gravel, and yet another bird call. And even on the ground is uh, is Spanish moss. I don't know if that was. Oh, I just watched one drift from a tree to the ground. How lovely! I'm going to take a picture here, but there's uh, a strand of moss hanging from the tree, a little bit like Kelpalina's hair, a kelp base goddess. We all, you know, those of us that long to return to the sea, to the naked womb of the sea, if I can drop some, you know, bad Shakespeare on you, hangs from this tree. So I'm going to pause and get a picture for thee. I'm going to head up a small bluff just outside the Shakespeare garden, a trail when oh, jay awaits me in my path on a stick, says, hey, are you the one that bucked the robin? Don't, you know, don't drop anything on me, any poetry. I'm looking for nuts, man. And I would say, you're looking for him? You found him. No time for my nonsense preparing for winter. And here I've climbed to a, a hill I never knew was here. Maybe I have. Above a busy, busy Golden Gate Park. A hey, December twenty eighth, twenty ninth or thirtieth or something, I think the thirtieth maybe today. Across from me the chatter of the Academy of Sciences Cafe The Traffic of the Park The Music Concourse which we'll go strolling in next and then the the dark copper colors of the De Young Museum with its twisted tower against a misty, foggy sky. Well, let's go talk to some statues. Would you care to join me? If I can find my way down. And here we are. The garage is full at the Golden Gate Park Academy of Sciences. But whoa. Another hidden statue. Verde gold. Wow, he looks uh, much different than I would have expected. Holy moly, I've never seen this statue or never noticed it before. So I want to thank you for sleeping through this. For this is a uh, 20, 30 foot stall statue and base of a bust of Verde in gold paint erected by the Italian colony through the initiative of ...of the Dali La Italia and donated to the City of San Francisco March MDC DXIV. And on its base is uh, a man clothed only in uh, a loincloth holding an hourglass and a bow or bow, of a headdress of uh, ivy or holly up to Verde... Two babes, young, naked babes, babies, you know, holding uh, what looks to be a, a, the Italian flag or some sort of, some sort of, uh, what are those things, like a herald? Are these heralds being I mean, my question? You say, well, you like the maud, herald of herald and maud? I'd say no, the other ones with the E, you know, H-E-A, you know, that herald. And there's also... Uh, as I go to the side of the statue is a lyre, L- and you say again, whoa boy, Scoots, no, the L- L-Y-R-E, liar. and what was seemingly is a, a op- opera mask or a performance mask, and to the right side, another lyre and another mask. This one more, I, I want to say Sophoclean, I'm not sure if that's a word, but I would say... Uh, Who's, who? that name just came in and, and out of my thing. It starts with an Antigone. I don't know why it made me think of that. Oh, and even in the back, who looks at the back side of the statues but but those in search of the mundane, the wonderfully unmundane. But two more masks and one more lyre. The back of Verde's head, it says, Ickli vori voricori dalimo Corsico cor Dalimo corco del anaste folla di de mina boche alle speranza e i libite piense ed amo per tibite. Or in English, he drew his chorus from the deepest vortex of the start. Well, wow, let me lay this one on you in English. He drew his chorus from the deepest vortex of the striving masses. He voiced the hopes and sorrows of all humanity. He wept in love for all. And that quotes from C D and Avinzo. He drew his chorus from the deepest vortex what a word vortex of the striving masses. He voiced the hopes and sorrows of all humanity. He wept and loved for all. That's Verde, which I will now pause, you know, to take a... It's the second bust I've seen. The first was a robin bust, and this is a different bust, a bust of a different sort. And suddenly I know why it's called the music concourse. As ignorant as it sounds as many times as I've walked through here. I see yet another bust awaiting us, and it's of a Ludwig von variety of uh, Beethoven glaring at the music concourse. His gaze closely is uh, almost directly aiming at the the orchestra pit, orchestra, you know what I mean. And sitting at the base is a woman... Gazing into heaven, her arms positioned in a dramatic pose. So I I, I will pause it here to take her photo of Ludwig van. They say actually it's Wolfgang. Oh, sorry, I get those two mixed up. You know me. And here I am at the music concourse. There's a actually a sign here. I don't want to interrupt a man's gazing at it. More benches. Uh, this one's in memory of Rosalie G. The pedigree of honey does not concern the bee. A clover, any time to him, is aristocracy. The pedigree of honey does not concern the bee. A clover, any time to him, is aristocracy. And here we are here. I have a brief uh, few minutes here to read you a little bit of uh, Golden Gate Park's history. William Hammond Hall. Uh, who ran the San Francisco Public Library. Oh, no, his pictures from here. Here's a quote from William Hammond Hall. Parks have frequently been spoken of as the lungs of cities. Primarily, they are intended to provide the best practical means for healthful recreation for people of all classes, and the influence which they th- thus exert upon society can scarcely be overestimated. With the drives and rides for the rich, the pleasant rambles for the poor, quiet retreats for those who would be to themselves, and thronged promenades for the gaily disposed. Uh, that's uh, William Hammond Hall. John McLaren. Although a, a development of a large urban park on the west side of San Francisco was the idea of Hall... Longevity alone would point to John McLaren's importance in the history of Golden Gate Park. McLaren continued the mission of all and perfected the techniques of sand dune remediation, silviculture, and plant species selection. He created a a fluid transition from the more passive forested west end of the park to the more active east end. And this is all on the San Francisco Parks and Rec uh, from the San Francisco Public Library. Includes a brief history of Golden Gate Park. Before Golden Gate Park was built, there was a great debate on where the park should be located. Three choices were on the table. The current location, at that time, called the Outside Lands, the Presidio in a long, linear park through Hayes Valley, Frederick Law Olmsted. A renowned landscape architect and designer of New York's Central Park proposed the design for Hayes Valley. He believed that the site would be the only location that could be successful because it was sheltered from the extreme conditions of the coast. Olmsted was also adamant that the city park should not resemble the popular English style pleasure garden, but should be planted with native and other Mediterranean style species that could thrive in an environment with little water. Oh, the foresight of Frederick Law Olmsted! When the park's current site was chosen, William Hammond Hall, an engineer who had regularly surveyed the San Francisco coastline, was chosen to survey and design the park. With a little mentoring from Olmsted and a lot of research, Hall began the difficult task of taming the ever-changing sand dunes that dominated most of the area of Golden Gate Park. With trial and error, experimentation, and the use of precedents from Europe, Hall was very close in succeeding to his task when he was forced to retire. Hall chose a qualified and extremely dedicated successor in Scotsman John McLaren. The discipline and dedication of William Hammond Hall and John McLaren established the foundations of this great park. Golden Gate Park continues to be one of the most visited parks in the United States and one of the largest urban parks. Roughly three miles long, a half mile wide, and 1,017 acres area Golden Gate Park is larger than many prominent parks well we don't need to have a park off here I, I, I love parks let's just say that so I'm gonna you know I'm gonna venture over to the stage here of the uh, music concourse what would a music concourse be without a stage but here I mount the stage I know oh it's a beautiful half dome stage. I I think it's a gift of uh, Clavis Breckles who I think there's a lake here in the park named after and it was dedicated to September 9th of MDC triple C Uh, which uh, you know that's not my cup of tea Greek I mean I like Greek numbers the Roman numerals actually scoots oh yeah you're right But I know they have a comedy festival here and some other things, music performances. Let's walk uh, a little more, shall we? So here I stand looking down the center of the music concourse. I wanted to say promenade. I'm not sure the difference, but at the end is a giant statue, I believe, of Francis Scott Key. In the center is two or three working fountains, which which I think you know, is a kinetic, but working fountains, uh, and I know there's a drought here in the Bay Area, so finding a way to make that sustainable, but there's nothing... I, I love, I'm love. i a fountain man, what can I say? Fountain drinks and fountains. So I hope we can... Um, I, I don't know, you always think about the decline of the budgets for city parks, and when I see a... a, a you know, a fountain without water. It's like uh, seeing a child's face without joy or a father that refuses to smile like, like me sometimes. But you can hear as they get close to the fountain, you know, the noise will slowly take over. And that seems like a gentle ambient noise to play with. So as I walk closer, you'll hear less of me and more of the fountain uh, in co- consort, I guess. And this is a two-ringed fountain. Don't worry, I'm not saying anything important, just the shape of the fountain. And it's of the old... Uh, almost looks like a giant round tub it was a gift of Charles Page in 1912 so that is one old fountain and I think they redid the fountains in this part of the park recently there's plenty other history here in the in the music concourse and on either side you have two world-class world-class art museum world-class science museum that my brother happens to work at so I guess I'm A tiny bit biased about the California Academy of Sciences. But this next fountain is larger. It's a gift of Corinne Rideout. uh, MCM XXIV. XX is... So it's 19, maybe 19-something? I don't know. But this is a fountain shooting up into a bowl. And uh, on it is... uh, locked in a battle that could only be both a metaphor and, and on top of it are two sculptures, a sculpture, and on top of the bowl, on top of a pedestal are two creatures locked in a metaphorical battle, as we all are. The battle, you know, sometimes they say, Jesus, this is a battle against my more mundane half. It gives us a, a, endless chances here. It's like, she Scoots, I could probably do 100 episodes from this park. There's even more benches here. Here's one. City lights shine on. Seasons warm my heart and soul. Everlasting home. I wonder if ever, anyone's ever written a poem about an everlasting gobstopper. Here in the middle of this beautiful park, probably wouldn't be the time. But gobstopper, gobstopper, you never stop. It's weird that you end and stop. For your ever, you should be the non-stopper I say, I don't think the robin would like that poem uh, at all. It would have flown away at that one. But I'd say that's, well, that's maybe why no one writes poetry about Willy Wonka candy. This also fountain is also a gift to Charles Page. Identical nearly to the other one. 1912. Now I climb the crest of this hill where, uh, I don't know what you call this thing. It's like, it's got a base. It's, a uh, it's got a pedestal, but also has columns. I believe I don't know are these are these Doric or Ionic, or the other ones Corinthian. I think these are, I think it's rocking some Corinthian uh, columns. One of the few things I learned in school. Couldn't I guess because there was only three, and I mean I'm sure column enthusiasts are like no, scooter. There's billions of lovely columns, not just those three. I say, well, that's, you know, blame the education system. But this is a statue of Francis Scott Key. Pen in hand. Sitting in a, a nice chair. Cloaked. Well-dressed. Petticoat. Boots. Knee-high boots. Thigh-highs, I think. As was the fashion in those days. There's a, a buffalo ha- ha- holding a garland in its teeth. Not joking. Two birds... They look like raptors, but I'm not sure what type of raptors. And on the top is uh, what looks like Liberty holding a flag. Uh, a woman looking out. She's looking, I think, due west. Or t- t- towards Hawaii, I guess. Or just towards the... Maybe she's looking at a tree or bird watching. Or, you know, saying, let's colonize further. I say, well, it's let's, let's, let's west coast. Let's stick here. So I don't know if she was behind the uh, acquisition of Hawaii. But it says, uh, to Francis Scott Key, author of the national song The Star-Spangled Banner, this monument is, er- uh, this monument is erected by James Lick, San Francisco, California, M-D-C-Double-C-L-Triple-X-Triple-X-V-Double-I. So I guess this is a monument, uh... It with possible Corinthian columns. Now I need to head towards the Academy of Sciences. Now right by the uh De Young is my favorite uh statue of uh not only an author I identify with, but a character. Uh Cervantes' bust is uh being visited by smaller statues of uh Pancho Sanza and uh Don Quixote. Hopefully we can get over there. If not, there's always another trip to the park. And I can hear some of you. I don't know if there's any snickering going on in my brain. that would say, well, are you more of a Don Quixote or a Pancho Sanza? And I would say, come on, you know, I'm not, you know, my loyalty. I don't think I possess that level of loyalty. But the delusion of uh, Don Quixote. And i say, it's Quixote, Scoots. Well, thank you for correcting me. And here I am at the base of a stairway to cross the street to the Academy of Sciences. And there's another lovely fountain. And this one's uh, in memory of Phoebe Apperson Hurst from her friends. Wow, those are some great friends to, uh... It's a uh, staircase-fountain combo, so that is, uh quite a tribute so I'll stop it here and get a picture for you all and here's a little of this Hearst fountain draining it's got one drain hole and some birds bathing in it. nice bird bath birds like it yeah grayish blackish bird just hopped in not a pigeon though a couple of them actually they're just walking in the water maybe they're cooling their feet Oh, no, it just washed its face. Dipped its face in and said, Hey, man, what a night last night. Hey, man, what a night last night. I got a Oh, yeah. There's a couple other ones saying, oh, Papa, I'm going to dip my face just like you. And then there's some the mother saying, uh, We're trying to look for food here. I don't know. Well, well, maybe I'll take a drink of water, though. Are you guys hydrating? Are you properly hydrated? Oh, and then there's a bird just outside. Found a little crumb. And here's one from John C., another bench. Examples are a gift. Well... I'd say, I'd, I'd, I don't know if I'd prefer an example or a staircase topped with a beautiful fountain. There's also a bird bath, you know, and I say, that's pretty nice. But I'm continuing my statue crawl here. And here's a, a statue with a, qu- a base looks brand new. Uh, it's Robert Emmett, Irish Patriot, uh, September 20th, 1803. He has a look on his face I can't quite tell—frustration combined with dismay. He looks to be looking up at the bureaucracy of the world. One hand is clenched, the other open. Um, he's got the kind of shoes you'd expect to see on a you know character in a Washington Irving story. I'd say those are Irving era era shoes. I can, you know, my brain bots are not happy with that metaphor. So I haven't heard from my family. That's, I'm supposed to be meeting here at the museum. The beautiful California Academy of Sciences, which uh, if you're here, you should. I highly recommend checking it out. But I, I say, well, let's continue our statue crawl. This has somehow become... But I say, let's continue the statue crawl. There's a few more statues... We can work our way towards Cervantes and and part ways on this little journey of what is clearly. I guess as you say, was this the duality, man? I say, well, maybe you scoots. It's like the mundane, not mundane, made mundane. I say, well, why'd you? Why would you put that extra? You just can't just leave it mundane. And they say uncovering under the covers. I mean, I could be doing uh, gobstopper material, you know. But here we have two men atop a pedestal. Beautiful, beautiful marble pedestal. It's uh, Goth and Schiller, side by side. One looking out, one looking in. And the statue does look well cared for as they both look out. They're about... They say, how come they, you know, use scale for railroads but not statues? Be, you know, be a lot easier. You say, was that a 2... And, and I can't ever do understand the uh, scale, you know, model railroads. They say that's a 10 to 1 or a 2 to 1 or 8 to 1. Uh, Goth and Schiller, they look about, I'd say 1.8 human size, maybe 2, maybe double. If they came to life, I would definitely run because they're both... uh they're thick guys. They're not a. Uh, uh, they don't look like they're from the ruling class, but they definitely, uh, you know, not statues you want to toy with, especially at two to one. Maybe they're two point two, but again, you know, statuary. You know, you column enthusiasts, you get maybe you could work on that for the columns too. You know, get a you know go down to the Partheon or the Pantheon, one of those two say, all right, this is your st- standard column width. I say, okay, you know, that's a little baby column. and you know, I don't know if you do 0.5 to 1, but uh, how come, I'll, you know, let's take model railroad. I think they're called gauge, but that might be how far the track is. You know, but we could use it. I guess it would be good, especially if you're, you know, and then, what, and then you know, Maybe break. Maybe uh, walking. And how come there are any TV shows about? St- I guess there was Night at the Museum. So I'm wrong already about that. But is there any outdoor statue? You know, more of like a. You know, say. A, is there any historical events where statues have really, you know, wreaked havoc? I think there was. It was that uh, Ghostbusters two. Were they they used Lady Liberty, I think it was. So okay, that's and what's Lady Liberty like thirty to one. Here I'm at the next statue. It's a general. It said in tribute to General Pershing, and the victorious armies of the United States and her co-belligerents during the the World War, 1914 to 1918, and that was presented by Dr. Morris H in 1922. But this Pershing, he must have just got cleaned because this statue, not a bird spot on. I mean, maybe he's uh, known. And he's not as big as a uh, ghost, but definitely bigger than me, plus military training. Stern-faced. Very stern-faced. Uh, jowly, though. A li- little bit jowly. Humongous pockets. I guess that would be the military. Breast. His breast pockets are giant, even, you know, not... So then you have the statue. I'd say he's about a 1.5, maybe 1.7 to 1 size. Uh, but his breast pockets on top of that, you say, well, it's a normal. His is a triple, triple size breast pockets. They uh, say, is well, you know, you're just a general. You don't really do anything. You know, we could stand and they say, oh, boy, scoots. Now you get the columnists and, you know, the columnists about columns, the uh, column columnists. Against you. Pershing enthusiasts. Never mess with a Pershing enthusiast. They say you're going to be perishing for your purchasing an apology to Pershing. I don't know. And I say, oh, there's a good reason there's no Pershing humor. But we got a bust here. I got a, And then I got a bust out of here, but oom. That wasn't even intentional. But I'm seeing a little bust here close to Cervantes. It, it, from the side. And this is just a straight bust. On top of, I mean, no, I guess it's not. It's on top of a pedestal. That seems to be balanced on balls. Not really. On top of another pedestal. And I guess this is the military section of the park. Because this is U.S. Grant. And his head. Three to one head. No, maybe two to one head. Uh, Battle of the Wilderness. Appomattox. Chattanooga, Petersburg, Belmont and Vicksburg, Fort Donaldson, Shiloh. Even there's little uh, things hidden in the base. Isaac Hecht, Theo Reichert, Cornelius O'Connor. Maybe those are the people that paid for it or constructed it. But yeah, U.S. Grant, he looks a little pained, to be honest. Not as stern as uh, Pershing. And his statue has that beautiful weathered look. It has a little bit of the, when the copper turns green, but still some, oh, beautiful, beautiful weather age. Give me a weather age statue any day of the week, and I'll take it. But there's something to be said about a clean Pershing, too and a well-polished ghost. I say, Scoots, that's not how you're saying. I say, yeah, I know, know, but, you know, I'm not. But, you know, a well-polished base, you know, is something nice, too. Way underrated. But here we go, uh, you know, to the end of our journey for this day. For a pro-am tip, what I'm going to do next is, uh, you know, if you ever decide to recreate this walk, I'm pretty sure you can use a restroom in the DeYoung Museum without paying because the paying spot is uh, separate from where the restroom is, uh, California Academy of Sciences not the case. You gotta you know pay just to get in there. Plus, you know my brother works there, so be no- he works for the uh, planetarium shows. Uh, well, you know I guess humble brag. He's there. Uh, I-, I don't know what the motion graphic animator, motion graphics artist, so he's recreated. You know, for the last movie, we did a hell of a job on an otter. But if you need to use the restroom, you know, keep it on the... Oh, and here I see Don Quixote's hand on the left shoulder around the back of Pancho Sanza. And they're both looking up in admiration, I guess thankfulness, uh, my brother was saying, you know. He said, this is one of the few statues that gets visited by its creations. It's a beautiful statue. It's got like a realistic rock uh, base. Cervantes, bust is at the top looking down at his characters, and they're looking up at him. Uh, Presented to the city of San Francisco by J.C. Cobrain and E.J. Molera. Uh, Joe Morrow is a sculpture in September 3rd, 1976. Cervantes lived from uh, 1547 to 1616. And I think this is a nice way to end. If you could see this bust of Cervantes, he's under all these cypress or eucalyptus trees. There's little old cobwebs uh, on his nose and his eyes. His forehead is speckled with a combination of Dirt and rust. His thinning hair combed and parted to the right. Uh, leaves, old dried leaves caught in the ruffles of the top of his shirt. And just the right amount of uh, uh, bird stuff. You know, There is a, a right amount. You say, wow. And he's looking right at me right now, Cervantes. Nice mustache, sir. Uh, thanks a lot for... Uh, It's just uh, Help them put people to sleep Uh, Good night Thank you And to uh, Don Quixote and and Pancho Sansa. Right now I'm real close to their butts So Uh, But yeah I'm going to take a uh, time to say goodnight and thank you and I'll talk to you soon, thanks for this little journey, if you're ever in the Bay Area and want me to r- write it out for you map it out for you, pretty simple nice walk, a lot of zigzagging, meandering as we say here in the uh, lulling, soothing business, so I'll say goodnight as this bird chirps goodnight to you